Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the all-star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend, Fan Fest style. This one's really, really special. Because up on the main stage, you've got absolute legends. First legend, he's the voice of your Oakland Athletics. He's the voice of Summer. The great Ken Korak will be the moderator for this one up on the main stage. How about some Hall of Famers? Two of the greatest pitchers of all time, Dennis Eckersley and Raleigh Fingers. How about Ray Fossey, two-time World Series champion with your A's, longtime broadcaster. And how about the kid from Oakland, the all-star who does A's pre- and post-game live on NBC California. He was a great player in his own right, Bip Roberts. So it's Eck, Raleigh, Foss, and Bip, and Ken Korak on the main stage. This is a phenomenal group. People that I've gotten to know very well, one who I've worked for, for the, or worked with for the last 25 years, um, A's alumni. So let's bring them up right now. Bip Roberts, Ray Fossey, Dennis Eckersley, and Raleigh Fingers. Working? Yeah, they're working, man. Where's Foss? Right behind you. Okay. All right. Once again, Bip Roberts, Ray Fossey, Raleigh Fingers, Dennis Eckersley. You're talking great A's history, local products, World Series, gold clubs, broadcasters. And a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what happens when you get really old there, pal. I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> How many years for you on the A's radio broadcasts this year? 35? This be my 35th. Thank God. Thank wow. God. So I got, to, I got to catch the buzzer and catch Eck and call his 300 save. And, you know, 
World Series. World Series with Buzzard jumping on the. All over. Yeah. You're jumping all over Bad me. Bad boy. Biff's, <laughs> and of course, Biff's been doing a lot of the pre and post game stuff for the A's on TV for years, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, got the face. It's going on t almost 20 years now. Wow. You that old? <laughs> <laughs> you told me you were a lot younger than that. <laughs> well, I feel a lot older than I look. <laughs> Can't say that, man. They get rid of you. <laughs> This is, the, this is like a deal where I won't say anything. <laughs> but I'll let these guys go. But, you know, Foss, you and I were talking earlier that it's really unique to be up here with you because these two Hall of Famers and two of the greatest pitchers and greatest closers in the history of the game. And, and you caught both of them. You know, the catchers are the smartest guys on the field, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> See, Raleigh told me that. That's oh, the all a catcher has to do is count the three. One, two, three. <laughs> Not anymore. No, 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 no. See, see the, the real Not problem. Not anymore, pal. Yeah, and, and, if, if you do one, two, three, they're banging on some drums. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was fortunate. And, you know, we were talking, but uh, Eck, of course, pitched a no-hitter in Cleveland. That I was fortunate to catch him before 300,000 people at Municipal Stadium. Yeah. And then, uh, and then to be able to call his 300th game save and interview him down on the field to Coliseum, that's pretty special. And then, of course, with Raleigh to uh, the final out, Von Joshua hitting the ground ball back to you. Yes. And, and uh, flip over to Gino and yep. world champions for the third year in a row. Yep. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was no, fun. That was uh, one of the most exciting times I think I've ever had. Yeah. Was getting, yeah. You, always, you always dream as a kid being on the mound getting the last out of a World Series and I was there twice, and it was fun. You know, I always wanted any better. Well, you well, never really had any hiccups, you know. I mean, I had. Several, oh, you had a hiccup? Yeah, I had a couple of hiccups. <laughs> but you know, to look back at the, you know, to play as long as I did and only win one, and I'm, I'm thrilled that we got one. Yeah. To be honest with you, because it's, it's so difficult to get, and you know, and to watch the A's like they've been the last couple of years and win what 97 games yeah. the last two years and not get anything. This is their bang on the that drum, easy. man. Yeah. You know? They're banging the drum. That's right. <laughs> it was a trash can, right? You, I don't care. Whatever it was. But, you, you know, <laughs> I want all of you to know, and since Bip's on TV, that the gentleman to my far left, when you hear somebody with a walk-off, yeah. that's, that's him. If that's he him. had trademarked that, you would be a zillionaire, man. Yeah. You should have trademarked it. Yeah. I'm not real proud of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want anybody to remember, you know. Like, <laughs> no, but, but, but pe people talk about a walk-off when they get a hit, hit a home run. Explain the real walk-off, Eck. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, you know. It, it, you give it up and, and you walk off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd rather give up a single than a bomb, you know what I mean? People have all thought that the, team, the team that won the game was walking off. It's, I walk you're off. The guy that, <laughs> yeah. You're the guy on the mound that's walking off. And believe me, he didn't do it that often. No, he no, did not. No. And that's why he's a Hall of Famer like the other guy is, and we're just over here, buddy. Well, I was the kid watching you Oh, guys stop play. it. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were old. I'm old, but I'm not going to say how old. But I can say this. I watched you, I watched Raleigh, and I watched Eck. And Ricky got you tickets. And Ricky got me tickets. Because <laughs> you snuck in. <laughs> yeah, that too. Did I, did, I face you? did I face you? I faced you when you were in Chicago. Okay. You were with the Cubs. And then I faced you in the All-Star game. The All-Star game, yeah. 92. 92. 
Let me ask you this though, Biff, because you had a, a good career in the big leagues yourself. And when you grew up watching these teams, what was that like for you and how much did that influence you to become the ball player you became? It was my inspiration because the A's were winning in the 70s and I was in, I won't tell you, I was in elementary. And uh, he was in the minor leagues in pro and, and, and during during the playoffs and the World Series, if we did our work in class, we were able to watch the game because there were day games then. And so it was while we were in class. And because the teacher would bring the TV into the classroom, I got to watch every game. And so right after that, I would run out, play strikeout, and think that I was the Oakland A's. And so you guys played a big part, a big role in my growing up. Without you guys growing up here in Oakland, I'm just happy I was on the baseball field at that time. Yeah. So thank you guys. And, and speaking of Oakland, you know there are two teams that are going bye-bye. We are the only team thank standing you. now. Thank you. Right here. That's right. And they better do everything possible to keep them here, too. Yeah. Well, I can tell you from the TV side, we're going to do and say everything that we can to keep this team in Oakland. Yeah. So when you, Raleigh, because you, you talked about getting the last out of the World Series. Before you came into the game, and you didn't just come in in the ninth, you might have come in in the seventh or eighth. Or fifth. <laughs> fifth, right. Whatever. What was going through your mind? What did you do to get yourself ready before you came into a game? Uh, just mess around with the guys in the bullpen, just be real loose, uh, you know, just goof off. Uh, and it'd get to about the fifth inning, then I'd look at the scoreboard, see what the score was, see where we were at in the lineup, who I might face. Uh, and then, because uh, I never knew when the phone was going to ring. I, I mean, I came in the first game of the World Series in 74 in the, in the fifth inning with, with one out and two men on base, and I got to look at Steve Garvey, you know. And he pitched four and a third. And pitched four and a third, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I liked it better that way, not knowing when I was going to pitch. That's why I didn't do well as a starter, because I'd get knocked out in the second inning, and then I'd wait four days to get knocked out in the second inning again. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, you know, I was a mind case. So when Dick Williams threw me into the bullpen, uh, I never knew when I was going to pitch. So I had the opportunity to maybe pitch every day. And uh, I liked that a lot better. That's why I think I did so well as a closer. Was it easier for you, Eck, from that standpoint, as a reliever as opposed to being a starter? Oh, yeah, a lot easier for Eck. So oh, I'm yeah, sure yeah. it was, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Obviously, the game's changed. And, and I, you know, I was probably at the beginning of this whole thing, you know, the ninth inning stuff. Which makes sense if you think about it. You know, you could do it several times a week. Back when they did it, you know, whether it's Suter and all the guys pitching, these guys pitch 125 innings. I mean, you were lucky you had an arm that could rebound. I mean, seriously. I mean, to, because it just makes sense. And now the closer is not even the main guy. The main guy is the guy before the closer. You know, it really is. That's the tougher job sometimes. But the guy at the end gets all the saves. Yeah, well, Eck, Eck, Eck you had. What are you going to do? You had 390, right? Yes. And how many years did you start? I started 12 years. 12 years. So you, you factor in 390 saves, 12 years as a starter, only pitcher to win 100 as a starter and save 300. But do you think about the number of games he could have saved if he'd been a closer his whole life and pitching one inning? I don't know if I would have made it. Well, Eck, I faced, you, I faced you as a starter and then when you were a closer. And what made you so special was that disappearing slider because that slider would come and you would think it was in a certain area and you go to swing and it was at your back foot. And so 
I call that the disappearing slider. You were the yeah. beginning of the disappearing slider. Kirk Gibson hit a disappearing slider <laughs> in the. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? He is looking the, for it. He, he is, is the only player who stood up in that Dodger Stadium clubhouse, talked to everybody, and just, I mean, all these years later, he's still doing that. So this man deserves a lot of credit for being a stand-up guy, no it matter what. really, really true. And then beside that, we had to listen to all the Jeter stuff and the flip stuff, too. So... We had to listen to all that the last couple of weeks, so let's, we'll move on from that. So, Cara, you've got some questions out there. Yeah, this is Paul from Emeryville with a question for everyone. Gentlemen, besides playing in Oakland, what were some of your other favorite stadiums in Major League Baseball besides playing in Oakland? I'll, uh, I'll go first. Uh, I like playing in Wrigley. I was mostly a National Leaguer. Wrigley... Yankee Stadium, those were two of my favorites. I guess it was the big stage. You know, playing in San Diego, it wasn't a media-friendly type place. It wasn't a big media place. But when you go to New York or you played in Chicago, you just felt like when you walked through the tunnels that for some reason, like, ghosts would jump into your soul and you would go out there and take the place of one of the old guys. And Chicago was like that because you had to tunnel from the, the top of the stairs. Not and anymore. Not anymore, they huh? It. They... Well, it was kind of scary. Like, I, I felt right. ghost in there. But you like Chicago because all day games. All day games. <laughs> yeah. I hated Chicago all day games. Are you kidding me? That was the end of my drinking. <laughs> it brought me to my knees. It really did. I, I was fortunate enough to play in the, some of the oldest ballparks there are. Fenway Park. Yeah. Played there nine, ten years, whatever. And played in, in Wrigley for, for three years. And those are two tough ballparks to pitch in. They are, in April, maybe not, wind blowing in in Chicago. Yeah. But now, you know, Fenway doesn't play the same way it did when I was there. No. And it's not sour grapes. I mean, they put that, you know, media boxes up there and it knocks down the wind. But the ball doesn't jump like it used to. But Wrigley, I mean, these are two great places to play and visit. Yeah. You know, so I'd rather visit than play there. I always thought the toughest 27th out in the American League was at Fenway Park. Toughest to get, right? Yeah. You know, for, for me, uh, I love the old ballparks. When I first came up in 68, uh, going out to Yankee Stadium the first time, I just went out to the ballpark early. There was no one there, and I just walked out on the mound and just looked. It was, you know, you see it on TV when you're a kid. But I loved old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I loved old uh, Tiger Stadium, Kaminsky Park, all the old ballparks. Uh, but uh, one of the scariest things, I think, was when I went to Fenway, and you stand on the mound in Fenway, and you look over your right shoulder, and that wall is right there. So you don't want to look at the wall when you're pitching. So the, but those are the old ballparks that I love pitching in. Hey, awesome. Raleigh, did, did you know that the home plate in Detroit Stadium was crooked? That's right. I know that. I saw it. Yeah, you stand on the mound, and you look in, and I want to move the mound over about four right. feet. It was kind of Because cockeyed. it was set up to hit after right field because right. it's short port <laughs> yeah. for the left-hand hitter. But they had, they had the greatest radio booth in baseball oh, at yeah. Tiger Stadium. That's right. Because you were so close. I mean, it was almost like doing a game from literally on top of the screen behind home plate. That's how close you were. Ray, what was your favorite ballpark? Uh, the mistake play? by the Blake in Cleveland, you know. I mean, <laughs> 80,000. That was a mistake. You know, it was a mistake for sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, I remember in, uh, I think it was 1967, my first year or first month in going to the big leagues in September, we had a playoff game in Portland, Oregon, AAA, I think it's like 22,000 people. 
I caught my first game in Cleveland like 2,300, something like that. So, so I was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a football Browns at that time. But, but like Raleigh, uh, you know, when he talked about Yankee Stadium in 1968, they had the monuments in center field in play, in play. I mean, that was the amazing thing to see those monuments. And see, I think I remember one time, there was a ball got stuck behind, and the guy was looking for the baseball running behind the, the monuments. You know, meanwhile, the guy's running. 461 feet. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. if, if you play shallow, it's over your head. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would think so. Maybe that's how Mel Sotomayor uh, hit his inside the park grand slam by doing that. But, uh, but Yankee Stadium, the old one, Fenway Park, is, is one of the best uh, still. The older parks, the newer ones. Um, Safeco Field? I love Safeco Field. Come on. Bandbox, Seattle. You know, it's uh, the, the newer part. I like Crosley Field in Cincinnati. Crosley Field? Crosley Field. Remember that? Well, I never did a game there. <laughs> <laughs> I had an exhibition game they there. A, they had a terrace in center field. Like. <laughs> yeah, just like the Towns Hill in right. Houston. I, the, the one thing, is somebody went on a road trip with us, and he said, I'm going to check off my bucket list. And so I was on a plane, and I started, and, and like these guys, you know, you start thinking about the older parks and then the newer parks and the newer parks. You know, you start thinking about how many you've been to. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. You know, and I started looking. I said, you know, three here, three there. And, you know, you start adding up quickly as to how many parks you've been in. But uh, that's also called age. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, so, I, I definitely can't wait. I can't wait until this is yes. built. Yeah. Yes. And then we'll see. Then we'll talk. I used to love, I still like doing games at the Coliseum. I used to... I used to love the Coliseum before 1996. Yeah. Yeah, but see, Ken is, happy. Ken is happy because on February the 29th and March 1st, the A's will be playing in Las Vegas, so he will be home <laughs> That's right, I get to broadcast those games. Which is where the A's opened the season in, Raleigh, in 1996. Raleigh, you're still living there? Yeah. Las Vegas? Yeah. Yep, I'm so Las you'll Vegas. be out on that I'll weekend? I'll probably well? be, yeah. uh, be out there, yes. We'll, we'll have you on TV. Yeah. Okay. Cara's got another question. Yeah, and earning himself another Southwest voucher, yeah. this is Michael from Oakland. Bip, you remember me tutoring you at Burbank Elementary School using Ms. Bivens' class? Yeah. At where? Burbank Elementary School? I didn't go to Burbank. Yeah, you sure? <laughs> I went to John Marshall. John Marshall? On 106 and Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Did not uh -huh. Miss you uh -huh. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my my hey, question You is, could have said, yeah, man, I remember you. Uh, <laughs> and tell him afterwards, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. My question is, uh, and, and the thing is, Ray Fossey, I used to mimic your way you threw the ball back to the pitcher back when I used to play ball. And uh, I thought you were one of the best catchers in baseball, no matter what. Pete, if Pete Rose hadn't taken you out, you would have oh. been Hall of Fame. You know? Um, to our, to our broadcaster right there, the next Bill King. Man, you're doing a great job. Keep Thanks, it up. Thanks, buddy. And uh, right. Raleigh, man, old school. We sit out there and we used to chant and look forward to seeing you come out there and pitch and do a great game. <laughs> and to act, hey, you are what epitomizes the Bay Area. With, like he says, when you close, came out the game and whipping your fist up in the air, that's how we do it in Oakland. Right. But explain that. You, you know, seriously, because people, the, again, a misconception when Eck finished the game or he had pumped, I thought what you said about the buildup, because unlike Raleigh, who might come in the fifth, they're coming in the, in the ninth, but you'd sit in the clubhouse and then go out, and so it was like this. Yeah, well, you know, the big, biggest thing is you know, emotion in the game. You know, a lot of people have, you know, think of it too, a lot of different ways. You know, too much, not enough, game's boring. It's, you know, they got to respect the game. You know, so, I, you know, I, I did what I did. It was not, you know, 
premeditated. You know what I'm saying? It was just who I was. It was just emotion. And I can understand how, you know, players got upset with it. But, you know, I just, it's just who I was. And uh, um, I, I don't want to defend myself. But it was a release for you. you oh, were, totally. I was, I, was, release I pitched got... in fear to begin with. You know what I mean? That's, I really did. And yeah. It sounds crazy, but it's, it, I think a lot of players, whether you know that, you tap into trying to be as good as you can be, and there's a fear. The fear of failure is always there every day. And so when it was a release for me, you know, I mean, I gave it up, and you got to live with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. When the guy takes you deep, you got to live with that. So when you punch him out, hang with him, man. I mean, that's, you know, it's no, a big out. But, but as, as a closer for both of you guys, you go in in the ninth inning, you might go in earlier, but how much of it did you say, there's nobody behind me? Whereas the setup guy who gets to you guys, they know that you're there. And then all of a sudden, you guys are in. So what you did, Eck, and, and that release, you know, Raleigh just painted because nobody yeah. was watching. Well, you know, I knew, I knew if I came in in the fifth inning, uh, there's no one else. I mean, uh, it's shit house or castle. That's what it was, basically. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, back when I was playing, I think the easiest thing about today's relief pitchers is they come in in the ninth inning and there's nobody on base. I'd be coming in with the bases loaded and nobody out and, you know, get out of this jam. And uh, because Catfish Hunter, Ken Holtzman, Vita Blue, all these guys, they, they, they pitched before free agency, and they got paid on complete games. They didn't want – you'd have to fight Catfish to get him off the mound. And uh, that's just the way it was back then. So, uh, uh, But uh, I, it was thrown on me in a hurry. You know, the phone would ring, five, six pitches in the bullpen, and bang. You didn't have time to think about it. Um, whereas today now, you know when you're going to pitch. So yeah. uh, it's a little different, different ballgame. Let's get some more questions because we've got two or three to go. Yeah, so, this Cara? Is Andrew from Danville with a question for our pitchers. Yeah, so with the, uh, speaking of trash cans, but with the recent, um, what's been going on in Houston, uh, for the two pitchers, Raleigh and Dennis, would you prefer to know that the hitter was on PEDs or have your pitch? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they've been stealing signs for years. They were stealing signs when I was playing. You know, I... If you, as a pitcher, you'd always, if there's a guy leading off a second base, you'd watch him. And sometimes they would uh, set there maybe with their mouth open, fastball, mouth closed, breaking ball. Or they put their hands over their knees. They cup, trying to give signals to the, to the hitters. And, uh, you know, I would catch it, and I would just look at them, and I would say, you know, no, 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 and do this kind of stuff <laughs> if you don't stop it. That's what I tell the hitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, third base coaches try and steal sign. It's been going on for years, but now doing it, with the, the technical stuff that they got, that's, that's a definite no-no. And uh, uh, I think there's going to be a few heads rolling in Houston and wherever else uh, that's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's a very uncomfortable time uh, in baseball right now. And I think, you know, time will, I don't necessarily heal anything, but, it, you know, it will fade a little bit here. But they, they, everybody's put on notice, and they were before, and that's why they got hammered. Yeah. And uh, it, it's got to cease. I mean... If, you, if, if I happen to give away a sign, in other words, when I go to the wind-up and I'm tapping my glove and that means I'm throwing a curveball, that's on me. You know, that's why the technology uh, it doesn't play. And that's why pitchers are upset. And, uh, you know, Mike Fires is, is the guy that, that did it, you know. And uh, I'll tell you what, he should be – he'll get, get more credit as time goes on. He yeah. really will. He will be cheered in every park, I think. Yeah. Well, can I say something about Mike Fires? It was needed to be done. He needed to say something. 
So anyone who believes otherwise, I'd like to ask you about your character. Now, having said that, I played in that steroid era and guys didn't speak up. So I'm a little disappointed in that. So Mike Fires is a hero to me. Yeah. All right. You know, I want to say one thing about you know, the, the signs. Keep in mind that with now five mound visits, the catcher and the pitcher have to be assured they're on the same page because you can't go out and talk to him and say, okay, we're going to use whatever sign. That to me is going to be one of the biggest issues because runner third base and all of a sudden there's a cross up because you don't get the signs right. You're going to have a run score. So that's why they take their hat off now. They, they've yeah, they've them. got this. Yeah. There's so much going on, and, and that's going to play to taking that much longer to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, if you watch an ace game last year or the year before or listened, the ace pitchers and catchers were very meticulous and very methodical to try to counter all that because there was a concern. That's a credit to Bob Melvin. Yeah. Because Bob Melvin insisted on That's why he's the best manager and in baseball. Just yeah. to... Yeah. Just, just to make sure the pitchers yeah. and catchers were on the same page and also that nobody could decipher. And, that, I mean, and that's that why the on. A's were the only team to win a series in Houston last year. The last one, they won three out of four after getting blown out the first game, and then they blew them out and yeah. won three out of four. Cara. Don from Watsonville. Now that you guys are, um, a lot of your are announcers and in the booth, what are the best uh, ballparks for booth food? Oh, that's a that's a Bill King question. Ask Ray. That's the. Uh, I bring a sandwich. That's the Bill King case. Memorial question. I like that question. I think Yankee Stadium has the best press food in the American League. And they charge the most. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> They're paying for that one. You know what Bill used to say? Because the press food used to be free. Yeah. Get in there, and it was a, a free buffet for all the members of the press. And Bill said that the more they charged, the worse the food got. That's right. Yankee Stadium. But Bill will also go back to the hotel, and somebody had room service. He'd take their leftovers that were sitting outside the room. <laughs> Bill had this cast iron stomach. <laughs> Seriously. That's why oh, we never ate what he brought in the booth. Anyway. No. no, but he would eat the stuff off of my plate. Of course. Yeah. We were in Cleveland yeah. one time. We were in Cleveland, and I had to do the pregame show, so I had a little bit of my dinner, and I was going to eat the rest of it when I was done. I looked over my shoulder, and the plate was empty. I said, Bill, that was my dinner. He said, I thought you were done. Anyway. Well, if you watch any of the telecasts, and Ray is on, there's about four or five times he's saying, who has the food? And he's uh, always the, asking for something, and he truck. always gets it. The food trucks. The food trucks are great. <laughs> and see, when I'm on radio with Ken Advance, the, the broadcasters out in the concourse with the food trucks, I said, it's about time for some food in the food truck, right? <laughs> and right. these guys get all over me. But they eat it. Yeah. It's called the Fosse Scholarship. What's next? Right. <laughs> Fifth and final voucher goes to Brent from Modesto. Wants you got to talk. Four, four or five more of those? Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll talk after. Question for uh, Eck on the end. Eck, uh, can you just kind of, this was before my time, but take me through all the emotions with the 89 World Series, going up 2-0, and then the earthquake, and then sweeping the Giants. Just kind of take me through all that as best you can, please. You know, so it's, there's so many different views of it my view is like all i first of all the earthquake to begin with i was um and we had just recently like went in length talking about it everybody putting in their piece but i was 
in the clubhouse, Candlestick Park, and it was, you know, game time. So I was, you know, and I had to wear a hat because you got, I never wear a hat, right? And, uh, so I was, I was, I was in front of the mirror, <laughs> putting my hat, smoking a schmag with my hat on. And Dave Parker was next to me. So you know where you were when it hit. And, uh, and obviously when it hit, it was like, I knew exactly what it was. It was like a freight train coming through the door. It was, in, I mean, I knew. Bay Area kid, this is earthquake. You kidding me? Ran out in the con you know where the cars were, whatever. Anyway, it was absolutely awful. And in the next ten days, I didn't know if we were going to play or not, right? And uh, if they said no, I would have totally understand. I think everybody else would have, but we didn't. One of the key things we did is we went left the Bay Area and went to Phoenix, and we played some played each other in some uh, you know uh, uh, games against our, our lineups. And I'll never forget. I got to remember this. I was. I was facing Ricky, Hendu, and McGuire, and Conseco, right? So Conseco came up to hit, and just and nobody was there. We were at the Coliseum before we went to, to uh, Phoenix, and Conseco came up, and he comes walking. I never face him, but, I, you know, and he comes up pointing to center no. field. Oh, yeah. No. He comes up. He's going to juice me dead central. <laughs> and so the first pitch, I hit him right in the back. <laughs> I love it. I and, love it. And, I mean, I've got good controls. I kept be drilling him in the back. And he was coming to the mound. He wanted a piece of me. No. And I, I swear to God, I didn't mean to hit him. <laughs> I don't believe that. Anyway. No, with your control, you meant to hit him. <laughs> anyway, so we went to Phoenix, and then we came back. And, and all the years I played with the, with the A's, that was a great team. Yes, it was. It was yeah. a, I think we had a good team yeah. in 90. I think we should have won every year. Yeah. Really, that was a three great years, you know. And uh, but '89, that team could hit, and we came after that 10-day break, and we were raking. Yeah. Everybody went bridge. I mean, Walt Weiss went deep. I mean, everybody was going bridge. <laughs> well, we and, and we you, put a hurting on them. And but you know, you know the, the real issue with that too. First of all, going to Phoenix probably was the best thing. But the thing that upsets me is that the F Giants fans said, well, you know, they used the same two pitchers. They would have been swept using the four pitchers the A's had. So what's the big deal? But I will say, Wiss, I know we're, we're closing. Raleigh's number is retired, number 34. Because of the earthquake and what Dave Stewart has meant to this city and what he did for the Cypress, his number is being retired this year as well. So, you know, it's a credit to this man because when a number is retired, I think New York is the only place where you have the same number retired multiple times. But number 34 will be up for Raleigh and now for Dave Stewart, very deserving because of that. Really will. And speaks to the history of the club that there are so many players whose numbers are deserving of being yeah. retired. Well, they came to me, uh, Dieter Page, with the Oakland A's and said, hey, uh, we're going to retire Dave Stewart's number, number 34. Is, uh, do you have a problem with that? I said, hell no. He's got more wins than I got. Why not? <laughs> So I think we got the most wins and saves in one uniform number in the big league. The history of the game. <laughs> anyway, we run out of time. But thanks so much for being such a great crowd today and for coming to FanFest. Thank you. Thank you. Bip Roberts, Ray Fossey, Raleigh Fingers, Dennis Eckersley. And uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks for coming. That's just great stuff right there. It doesn't get any better than that, right? When you got Ken and Eck and Raleigh and Foss and Bip. Ah, oh, so cool. We hope you enjoyed everything that happened out at FanFest, one of the great dates in the calendar because that means baseball's right around the corner. Now back to A's cast powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 